Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, and thank you for checking out the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Well, don't go anywhere. I know you're busy, but i got to ask you something. And uh, Camp Poitras producing the show, weigh in on this. Have you guys heard about this? It's called the Stone Age Lifestyle. Have you heard about this? <laughs> no. Is this, is this kind of like the Stone Age Diet? Yeah, um, that's where my went, mine went as well. A growing number of people have stopped bathing altogether <laughs> no. because they don't want to destroy the naturally protective, ba- protective bacteria yeah. on their bodies. Yep. They think the bacteria is healthy. They also think they don't stink because their bodies have adjusted to the absence of soap. Stone I, Age I, lifestyle. I think their nose has adjusted to their smell. <laughs> yes. Well, hang on. I could maybe get behind this. If we're all dirty and smelly. I've been behind smelly. this. For, <laughs> I've been behind this for 10 years. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Stone Age lifestyle. Wow. Well, that just means not showering. Like, that's not... I right. thought I thought it was going to be a diet thing, but... Well, anything, I, I will say this. I think people over-shampoo their hair. I've heard why, people like, say why, that, too. How do you even have an opinion on that? I do. I do. <laughs> people over-shampoo their hair. Why do you think that? You don't need to wash it every single day. Are, are we over-brushing our teeth, too? Should no, we slow down on that? it's a completely different thing. Because, like, your hair has a lot of these oils okay, in it. yeah, yeah. So it's, you, you should keep those oils. That's what keeps the hair healthy. Okay. Like, I got fantastic hair, Hal. You do. And mm-hmm. I, you, you I wash hell, it. The envy of the newsroom. I know. Yeah. I wash it once or twice a week. Really? And I don't do anything to it. Yeah. Well, but Maybe I, I'm just lucky. I'm uh, I'm going to start the Stone Age lifestyle. I, I'm I'm uh, letting the newsroom know right now. <laughs> Buckle up, everyone. <laughs> I am going to stink as of four oh one this afternoon okay, when I walk right. in there. It's uh, Hal's done showering for a while. Maybe I'm going to. Uh, you know what? I think this is a good. Uh, maybe I'm going to jump on it too. Why not? Why? Let's, let's get a thing. Let's Here's the us. thing. This is uh, this was going to be my point. If you put a label on it, there will be people out there that go, oh, yeah, well, hell, doing the Stone Age lifestyle, <laughs> right? You, you know, like, just decide what you want and then just tell people it's a thing. Like, you've just now said, oh, d- don't shampoo your hair that much. You can start a website like uh, lessshampoo.com yeah. and you could be like the the head of that. And I'll sell, I'll go to the local farmer's market and I'll sell yeah. these little bottles for about 35 bucks. Right. That's full of just, you know, yeah. a bunch of other random conditioner yeah. I put into one bottle. Anyhow. People aren't, uh, mm. apparently a lot of people aren't uh, aren't showering. Let me know how that goes. I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> I know you've got much bigger stories to work on, Will. <laughs> My inbox is always open, hal at cjob.com. I haven't had a chance to uh, talk about this yet uh, today very much. So, uh, Cam, join me on this one. Time or money? That's the question. Time or money? One in three workers, new survey says, one in three workers would give up as much as 26% of their salaries in exchange for unlimited time off, according to a new survey. Now, first of all, how do you feel about unlimited time off? I feel pretty good about it. No kidding. Yeah. I didn't even know it's a thing, but apparently, according to this survey, 12% of people say they already have time off, unlimited time off, as a job benefit. I've never heard of such well, a thing. Well, that sounds like a fantastic job benefit. Yes, but interesting. Even when you have unlimited time off, 
people don't take it. Hmm. The survey finds that people with unlimited vacation take about 13 days a year off compared with 15 or three weeks for traditional employees with limited vacation days. Hmm. So even when you have unlimited time off, you don't take it. Hmm. Why, why is that? I think it's many reasons, but one of them is we now live in this society where I think we worry more about our jobs. I think we feel like uh, if we take time off, somebody else might swoop in and take our job. And I, I also think, and in fact, Dr. I think it was Dr. Cyrus or maybe it was Carolyn Klassen, one of them uh, talked about this, that we have this attitude now that, well, how can they survive without me? Yeah. We think we're sort of indispensable. Yeah. I, I don't have that. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, look who you're looking at. Remember, I'm the yeah. guy that went, uh, Hal, we'd like your swipe card, please. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been there, right? So, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and things move along. But unlimited time, I... Is it is it also that people, they'll be like, you know what, I just need to get out of here for a couple of weeks. And then they come back because even if I love time off, like I'm not a yeah. guy that I'm not a guy that they have to struggle to get to take the time off. Like right. I, I like to live my life. Yeah. And is it that you, you have a guy who goes and says, I'm going to take two weeks and then they refresh themselves. And then because I feel it's at a point, I'm yeah. ready to go back to work. Right. Do you know what I mean? Is, mm-hmm. is that what it is? You think maybe now, a little bit? Maybe. I, like, for example, listen, I was out and came back because I love doing this, yeah. right? So for me, I love doing it. But there are some days, today might be one of those days, <laughs> where I go, I want out! <laughs> but, you know, uh, but then you're right. You you go out, you recharge, you refresh, and then you go, oh, yeah, but I, I love that, right? Well, there's, I was, there's always stress around every job, even a job you love. Well, I was out of radio for about a, about a year, too, and... Um, I came back here and I I got I was working part time and I did my first newscast and I'll tell you I was on cloud nine yeah. when I came back yeah. I just I just was I was I was doing I was punching mm-hmm. the air and stuff yeah. I was just I was through the moon so now not everybody is lucky enough to feel that way about their job yeah no, right? we're very fortunate about that yeah absolutely so yeah. so uh, we're blessed in that sense yeah uh, but I thought that was interesting that a full quarter more than a quarter of people are uh, sorry. One in three, a third of people would give up as much as 26% of their salaries in exchange for unlimited time off. But then the same survey found that if they have unlimited time off, they don't use it anyhow. Well, maybe we should mention this to the boss. You know, unlimited time off means I'll take less time. (laughs) See what he says, you know? We're going to talk to my weather expert buddy, uh, Bruce Johnson, here in uh, just a minute. But uh, this morning on The Start, they talked to Environment Canada's Dave Phillips, and he talked about how dry it's been over the past few weeks. From the middle of July, say August, uh, July the 16th to August the 5th, you that three-week period, expect in uh, Winnipeg to have about 55 millimeters of rain. Well, you've had... 2.3. I mean, it, it, it evaporated before it hit the ground. And um, so that's like about 4%. Now, it wasn't that way in the North. Thompson, for example, had in that same three weeks about 60 millimeters of rain. And also uh, the Churchill was also up there. But uh, so what we've seen is the systems have actually just been avoiding Winnipeg. I mean, there's been a, a, a ridge hanging over the southern part of the province. All the active weather has been going north of you. And anytime there's been some kind of 
of, uh, you think you're going to get some rain. I mean, it just is short-lived, just a little bit, and as they say, it's just enough to keep the dust down, and that's about it. And I know for farmers, I don't know how, how they're reacting, because, you know, they clearly when they're into the, uh, the harvest, they don't want rain. They don't want their tractors mired in muck. And so, so you know, in one hand, uh, they, they kind of want the rain, maybe the crops that are still growing, that would be good, but uh, they also want it to be dry, because they don't want that to be uh, uh, to be an issue in terms of stopping the harvest once it gets going. And, and, you know, they probably feel good in the fact that, well, they could, because of the early harvest, they could certainly get it going before that risk of frost comes in September. So uh, I think they, they're probably of mixed opinions right now. Environment Canada's Dave Phillips, from the start this morning, he has set the stage nicely for the conversation we're about to have here with my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, because Bruce knows his weather. And... He is also a farmer of sorts as well. Good afternoon, Bruce. Uh, How are you? Good. I say a farmer of sorts because it's not your farm, but you work on that farm every day, so you know what you're talking about. Uh, Before we get into the weather, I was talking to a bean farmer up by Winnipeg Beach on the weekend, and he was saying they're still hoping for some rain because that'll fill the beans out. I wasn't aware that um, that rain would still help them. I guess it will in the case of beans, though. Yes, it would, because soybeans are later developing, so a rain now is actually helpful to them, whereas wheat, you know, you don't need a rain for wheat now, because a lot of it's just about ready to take off the ground, so it's the soybeans that really need to, and then you know, some of the sugar beans, they could use some too, so those yeah. are your crops. It doesn't matter so much for, for uh, sunflowers, because they like dry weather anyway, so it's really the soybeans and sugar beets that need the rain, and we could certainly use some showers around here. It's dry. It's yeah. not as dry as Winnipeg. You, you get uh, 30, 40 millimeters of rain a couple of days later, it'll look like it never rained at all. Well, and Dave Phillips talked about this on the start this morning. You know, we, we were really dry, and then we had a couple weeks of almost monsoon-like rain, and then the last few weeks again have been very dry. What, what do you make of this summer? It's been an unusual one. Yeah, it has, but it's it's not crazy in that sense that it's unprecedented or anything like that. It's just you get different patterns every year, and it's just one of those patterns where we had a little while where it was wet, and then otherwise it was pretty dry. I don't see a lot of moisture coming up in the next couple of weeks. I do see cooler weather, though, especially beginning tomorrow, and all the way through the week should be pretty mild. No more... No more 30s after today for a while. I don't know for how long, but I know they won't be in the next few days. Yeah, I was looking like tomorrow's 23, so a little cooler tomorrow mm-hmm. than 25 on Thursday is, is what they're saying. And for me, it has been too hot and too humid. I'll, I'll take a break in the heat. Yeah, it's, it is for me too. And the thing is now if you look at the lows over the next few days, they're going to be 10, 12 degrees. Well, that means there's less humidity. The dew point's lower because you can't get a low of 12 degrees if the dew point's 20. So there's going to be less humidity. The days that get into the mid-20s won't feel that hot. They'll be comfortable because it will be uh, reasonable humidity, and, and uh, that's a nice change. I think we've had enough of the hot, humid weather for a while. I also saw this, Bruce, and I'll get you to weigh in on this. July was officially the hottest month ever recorded. July 2019, officially the hottest month ever in human history, recorded human history, according to a European Union climate agency. The previous record for the hottest month in recorded history was July of 2016. This past July was 0.56 degrees Celsius, warmer than the average July from 
1981 to 2010. And the UN is saying that the period 2015 to 2019 is on pace to be the hottest five-year period in recorded history. Uh, what do you make of that? I, I, I'm not a. I'm not one of these deniers that you know we're we're. I, I'm just not so sure where it's coming from and and what to make of it. I, I I see stories like that and I'm I'm not sure how to react. Well, you know, that's one of the things you really don't know. And, of course, it could be where next year is cooler. I don't know, because I know that 2016 was a hot year in a lot of places, and here it was it was wet. We were just inundated by rain. This year it's dry. You know, it's really dry. And it's just, you know, it was a hot you know, worldwide, but I don't know if next year is going to be really hot worldwide or not. It, it's really hard to say because it doesn't do it every year. It's not like this year, then next year, next year, next year, next year. So it's, again, the patterns are variable. So uh, the way things set up, we're we going to have a La Nina or El Nino or whatever this year. I'm not sure yet. So, you know, that's part of it too. And, and of course, in the Southern Hemisphere, our winter is their summer. So we'll see what their summer's like. Yeah, we're into uh, August now. What do we know about the rest of this summer? What are your uh, models telling you? And then also, uh, are we? you mentioned we don't know yet La Nina or El Nino. What do we know about the winter? Anything at this point, or is it up in the air? It's was still up in the air to an extent, but I have seen a good number of yellow leaves on the trees, so like last year, so that may not be an indication of a warm winter, so we'll have to keep that in mind. But is but, that because it's uh, been so dry, or is it because maybe we're, we're, the trees are bracing for a cold winter again? Probably the latter, because even the ones that were right on a uh, on a, right next to a lake, whatever uh, or river, they were turning yellow too. So it really wasn't a, from a lack of water. And we got the big rains here, and then there's still yellow leaves on the trees. So I think it's more uh, an indication of what we might be facing this winter than uh, lack of rainfall because it rained, and then they still look the same yeah and you're down in lancaster minnesota we should tell that to people that that don't realize that i know a lot of people are are bruce fans and you know where he's at i ask you i mentioned that because i want to ask you about the harvest down there we had harry siemens on our ag reporter friend up here and and he says harvest is now well underway what about down there what are the crops looking like well, they're looking pretty good. The, the wheat's not exceptional, but it's it's pretty good, and it's just about ready. And then, the, again, the soybeans could use some rain. The beets could use some rain. Um, again, the sunflowers like to dry, so they're actually really doing well. So, you know, if we could get a, a if we get a shower, if we get lucky enough to get a shower today for the beans and the beets, that would be good. Then, you know, shut everything off so we can get the wheat off the ground. Yeah. All right, pal. Great chatting with you. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Sure. It's good to talk to you. Talk yep. to you later. That is Bruce Johnson, my weather expert buddy. Uh, if you want to check out his website, best way to get to it is go to my website, halanderson.ca. Halanderson.ca, and you'll get to Bruce's site uh, through my site. Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.